Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and guests and in no way represent the state of Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Historical Society, or the Oklahoma State Historic Preservation Office. Welcome to the Musings of an ADD Mind podcast. This is your host, Jack, and I have the ADD Mind today. We are continuing my series on adulting with ADHD. This is something that us uh, neurospices deal with on a on a regular basis. And you, you NTs, neurotypicals, have no idea what it's like for us because the world is not meant for us at all. Nothing is designed for our brains. Nothing. Anyway, <laughs> that slight little thing being said today i have a great guest on it turned uh, we've started out as you know facebook friends which is cool i've I got a lot of people that started out as facebook friends turns out we have very similar interests we're both into our scottish heritage love scotland we're both flaming lips evangelists which is well Fantastic. If you've never listened to the Soft Bulletin, you need to listen to the Soft Bulletin. If you've never listened to Yoshimi Battles, the Pink Robot, Robots, you're a horrible person. But anyway, <laughs> my guest for today is Vanessa. How are you doing today? Hi, Jack. I'm doing well. Doing well. Thank you for having me on. I'm uh, really looking forward to this one. It's uh, definitely right up my alley. And yes, Scottish heritage, flaming lips, and all of the other weird things we have in common. So uh, this will be a good chat. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, and Then I just found out on top of it, we, well, he was my my former boy, uh, but her dog is named Henry. And my yeah. my fellow before Higgins was named Henry. And that was that was my boy. I, I miss that dog. He was, Aww. he was in tune with everything with me and we just had a special bond. <laughs> so every, that's, all that's dogs named Henry are ones. special. They're good ones, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's just go ahead and sort of jump into it. But we'll start with what you do for a living. Did you, you where did you go to college? Did you go to college? So we can start with that. And then we can go into how living with ADHD has affected both of those things. So I'll, yeah. I'll throw throw the ball to you. Yeah, knock out the formality first. I like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I am in Arkansas now. I live in Little Rock. Um, I was born and raised in Arkansas, uh, about three hours north of here in Fayetteville. And um, kind of obviously with childhood and stuff, I was diagnosed with ADHD about preteen years, which is pretty common for girls, actually. Surprisingly, mm -hmm. it's a little later than boys are typically diagnosed. But um, so college, yes, undergraduate degree. I've got a double major in philosophy and political science. Okay. And um, went to law school for a time, ended up hating it, dropped out. And about a year later, uh, decided to pursue my master in business, which ended up being something I did not expect to enjoy and do so well in, but mm -hmm. I liked it. Career-wise... I worked for banks for years, just kind of working in 
kind of legal world in banks, you know, government loans, litigation, that sort of thing, mostly because I just thought that was where my life was going and it just made sense. But after going to business school, um, I kind of started noticing that I had an affinity for communication, for organizational transformation, kind of change management, helping people get through kind of the sheer shock and anxiety of change within their organization. Okay. And that became my career. So certified change manager. And uh, that's where I'm kind of residing right now. So. Okay. What, what you're saying about girls typically being diagnosed uh, later than the fellas, uh, not surprising because honestly, it wasn't until even the mid nineties that it was even recognized that, that the yeah. ladies could get a, or have ADHD. And so the fact that the ladies are diagnosed a little later than the fellas really just tracks with, you know, with what's going on. Oh, yeah. you, you do present differently than, oh, than the fellas. Yes, so much so. And I mean, my <laughs> early childhood kind of teenage years, I would say they're very stereotypical for a female with ADHD. And mm -hmm. I mean, I could tell you stories, but it's very much a product product of the 90s, not diagnosed, misdiagnosed, like all the kind of things. So um, it really wasn't until, man, I'd say my mid 30s, I think that we finally nailed it down and got the right medication and right. have been managing it and maintaining everything pretty well. So it took quite a while even to get it to a manageable air quotes kind of point. So right, right. I, I am so old. And I was diagnosed so long ago that it wasn't even called ADHD or ADD. It was just being a hyperactive kid. Yeah, right. Yeah. And now it's like, now they won't even use ADD anymore. And now it's I know. ADHD. So, I mean, yeah. there's progress, right? That's awesome. But I mean, even the medicine that they used to give for kids that were diagnosed, you know, yeah. like, it was insane. It was, I, that's part of the reason I think I rejected medication for as long as I did. Right, Which, right. You know, it was awful. I made me feel terrible when I was younger. So, yeah, yeah. I actually only used ADD mine because that's easier to say repeatedly than ADHD mine. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. when you're doing an opening, and that's literally the only reason I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but sort of looking back now, if I was thinking, I would have actually called the podcast or the podcast side quests. That's but, where that came from as our earlier discussion before we were recording. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's too late to change it now. So <laughs> gotta commit. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm there. I'm there. Um <laughs> so how did we'll we'll start, I guess, pre pre-college days. How did uh, your ADHD affect you in elementary and middle school and high school? And what type of things, if any, did your parents do or you do? to help you navigate school at, at that stage of your life? Yeah, I think the kind of the earlier years, especially again, kind of just going back to the fact that I'm female, right? Um, I was always just labeled as excessively talkative, disruptive, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that sort of thing, aggressive even. And mm -hmm. uh, a lot of kind of studies that have been done on females uh, when they're referred to as tomboys, Mm -hmm. They're typically the girls that more, they gravitate more to physical activity than they do more kind of the abstract thinking because it's easier and it gets some energy out and it's a good kind of outlet. Whereas sitting around in a classroom or reading a book by yourself, you just kind of, you just zone, you lose it, right? And um, 
that was very much those three terms kind of haunted me on every bit of report card or when I would get in trouble, notes sent home, it was always talking again. And we would have to have conferences about just the behavior in the classroom. And my mom and dad would sit me down and kind of say, you know, well, it's disrespectful to interrupt or it's disrespectful to when you're called on in class or not called on even, like I would stick my hand up and not be called on. And then I would just have to get everything out because I would sit there just almost shaking with like anticipation. I need to talk right now. And, but then also you're afraid, whatever the thing is, you'll lose it. If you don't get it out, it will just be gone. 30 seconds later, somebody's going to tap a pencil or say something that's going to get me just completely off. And I'm not going to know any of the answers. So, and then to that effect, there's also the opposite side of it where I would get to study something I really, really liked and I would almost hyper-focus on it, reading Mm -hmm. ahead, you know, in my head as the teacher's trying to discuss or thinking about the homework assignment that I know I'm going to have to do that night and just not be paying a bit of attention. And um, it was, it was rough there for a while, especially just basically being told you're a bad kid and nothing else being on the table. So And my favorite does not live up to potential. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they acknowledge that, you know, the majority of the time anyway, these children are very much on par with where they need to be, if not smarter or more creative or whatever, you know, things kind of manifest. But not meeting your own potential is something that I feel like really, I mean, still to this day bothers me. It's very much triggering when I hear that because I'm like, yeah, I know I can, I can definitely do better, but <laughs> yeah, it, it haunts you when you get that, you know, some every report card, you know, for years and years and years, mm-hmm. you know, sort of what you were saying, I would, I hyper-focus, especially if I'm reading on something or reading something, mm-hmm. I, I have to, the rest of the world kind of goes away. But when I was in third grade, you know, they would do the, the reading comprehension tests. When I was in third grade, I started testing at a college level reading level. Yeah, same here. Same <laughs> here. I always it, have high scores in reading, like English writing, that sort of thing. Very, very high. But anything with math or science or things that would require you to just work a problem on a piece of paper <laughs> as instructed, you know, that never ever right. with me. Never. So it, I was going to ask you about math because. The three previous people that I've spoken to, and then myself, we all suck at math. Me too. Yeah. Past division, and it's just horrible. Yes. And as I was talking with uh, Tabby, um, she's going to be the the second the second person in the series. We kind of came to the conclusion that maybe the reason we suck at math beyond division is because it's so step orientated yes. and sequential and what's the one thing people with adhd cannot do, well. do sequential <laughs> stuff <laughs> yes or in my biggest thing what where i really started struggling had to have been maybe oh probably fifth maybe even sixth grade or something where it was like you have to show your work and right. i no, i don't know how i got that answer in my head like that was never something that made sense to me And it was even when I started getting to the point where I was showing my work, it was never according to the standards or the rules of showing your work or it would be sloppy or messy. And I would get docked points every time, even if I got the correct answer, because the showing your work or how you got the answer was just not great. 
So <laughs> I, know, I just I accepted know. I sucked at it. <laughs> so this is related. Um, let me ask you this. Remember back in English when you had to diagram sentences? Oh, yeah. Did you hate yeah. that? Yeah. I, I hated anything that required me to okay. <laughs> label, remember terms or anything. It was just never good. Memory does not. I, I was never good at anything memorization-wise. So rules. So, so uh -uh. far, we all hate diagramming sentences. And I have a theory as to why. Let me also quickly point out that about a week, and, week or so ago, uh, my oldest daughter was over and my mother-in-law and my wife. My oldest daughter and myself hate diagramming sentences, right? My mother-in-law and my wife are neurotypical. Mm -hmm. They both love math and they both loved diagramming sentences. And I have a theory that, who knows, 50 years ago, English teachers were like, you know what English is missing? Math. Diagramming sentences is just math in English. That's true. Yeah, structure, you know, and maybe that's the key to it is the structure, <laughs> the routine, you know, knowing what to expect, how to get the right answer, you know, and I've never, ever known what that even feels like to <laughs> be able to appreciate those things. I'm just, yeah, I get the answer when I get the answer can tell you how I got it. And I like that process. For me, it's more fun. It's like a <laughs> scavenger hunt every time it's something new so <laughs> yeah yeah when when i was in seventh grade this well once again will be showing my age in oklahoma you could get swats clean up until god i don't know 2000 and all the teachers had paddles that shop teachers would make for them oh, god. <laughs> and i was no stranger to the paddle we, we will just say that mm -hmm. but in english <laughs> My English teacher, she'd start out every day and she would do this thing of, did you have your homework finished or not? And if you didn't, you had to go in the hall because you were getting a swat for not having it. Mm -hmm. So we got to the diagramming sentences part and she was like, gets to me and she's all, and I'm like, no, because this is stupid and it's pointless. And then I got up and you know, went outside and that whole week of diagramming sentences Every day I would just, she'd call me and I'd just get up and start walking out. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was about to say. You should have just stood in the hallway before class even started. Let's just not waste anybody's time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, a, that was a fun year, Mrs. That Christian. Was, that's similar to some things that I went through. I mean, I came up uh, after they kind of ditched the paddling. I do remember early, early years that they had it. But by the time I really started, I guess, uh, the ADHD started really pointing certain directions and interfering with academics that was out. It was very much a, uh, like an agenda. Right. Take it home. Your parents would have to review it with you every night. They would have to sign off that they reviewed it with you. You'd pack your homework, like that kind of thing. And uh, I don't think I even got as far as taking the agenda home, let alone going <laughs> through the process. And it was the same thing every day with my homeroom teacher. It was like Vanessa, do I even need to ask? And I'd say, no, she didn't sign it. So my mom just taught me how to sign her signature because she was so sick of it that she was just like, I'm just going to sit you down. Here's how I sign, copy it, you know, and that way I could just sign her signature every day just to get out of it. Because it was like uh, three times in a row that your parents don't sign off, you get detention. I was in detention all the time just because of that. Which so. for an ADH year is just worse. Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like hell. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
so how so, so we we both clearly had problems you know through the public mm-hmm. education system mm-hmm. of course when i went to school they had no idea how to deal Even with kids with adhd yeah. yeah so how did it affect you going to college because actually some of the people i've spoken to said that college in adhd wasn't as bad as public schools in adhd and they think maybe it was because you know you went for an hour you might have 30 minutes between the next class an hour Mm -hmm. you know two hours between you know to the next class and then you're done for the day and all of that so did you do you find that that's sort of how it was for you maybe even looking back on it or was it just as challenging yeah, you know, I don't know that I've ever even thought about it in that way, but but yeah, I definitely think I would agree with that. There's something to be said about kind of knowing yourself well enough, your habits well enough, and choosing your schedule or your classes even based off of that. So right. for instance, with me, I would knock out pretty much everything that I could as early in the day as possible, because the later in the day that it got, the more le- like I would not be paying attention after about lunch. And I also am one of those people that I would block them back to back to back to back because if I ever left campus, you weren't coming back. I'm not coming back. (laughs) So it was kind of, yeah, I definitely think that there are different aspects to it. Obviously, everybody's different, but I did so much better in college because of just the freedom to kind of choose your schedule. And especially once you knock out kind of those just monotonous required courses and you start getting into certain areas that you're actually interested in. Yeah. It made it so much easier. So much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, Tabby who had on one of the hacks that she started doing when she was in uh, going to college, um, apparently she would set stuff out, you know, if she knew, okay, it takes this. And so she would design it so that if she got to a certain point, she could get like a handful of chocolate chips so her goal was getting to the next chocolate chip level. And I'm like, that's yeah. actually, well, I mean, for me, that cool wouldn't work hat. because one chocolate chip is one pound of weight gain. <laughs> when I, I was mean, younger, that might not have been the case, but. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm not, I'm not as much of like a, a rewards based person, but I very much had to outsmart myself all the time. Like thinking mm-hmm. ahead to the next day, like how much sleep do I think I'm going to be able to get tonight? And am I going to be working after classes tomorrow? If so, what do I need to set up kind of on my trajectory from my room to the front door to the car to make sure that I don't forget things or setting alarms or things like that to make sure to grab something because it was a weird day and I needed to bring something unique and not normal to a class. So so far, four for four. Yourself, yes. Four for four on having to set alarms to not forget things to take to work that are out of the ordinary. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, and myself. I do. I still to this day have to do it as a parent all the time, all the time. But she has a show and tell date. That thing's going on a calendar with four different reminders starting two weeks prior. You know, like that kind of thing because I just know. <laughs> the brain just it's going to do this. So. <laughs> yeah, I. If I'm like at work and realize, okay, I need to bring something tomorrow, I'll set an alarm. Uh, We usually get home about 520, about a 20-minute ride or drive home from work. Mm -hmm. So I'll set my alarm for like six and it'll say, put such and such in backpack because I take a backpack with me uh, every day to work because I think briefcases are dumb. Backpacks are cool. So I'll set the alarm, put such and such in backpack. 
Because if I don't, I can't just set it by the door because mm-hmm. it won't exist anymore. I have to put it in my backpack. And then when I get to work, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so. That whole out of sight, out of mind thing is so real for people that are, you know, especially with ADHD, but just neuro, like what, oh my gosh, why can I never say this word? Neuro, eight, no, no, no. What is it, Jack? You said, we've said it a thousand times already. Here we go. Here's one of the tangents, but AD, yeah, yeah. Neurotypical opposite of my mm. brain's gone. Anyway, there's neurodivergent. There's- yeah, there, there it is. That's it. That's the word. <laughs> neurodivergent, but I prefer neurospicy. Neurospicy is very good. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. But out of sight, out of mind is very much, it's very real. Like if, so honestly, it's probably part of the reason that I feel like my life is just constantly a mess with objects. I don't typically put them away because I won't know where I put them. Right. Days later, you know, so it's interesting, but yeah, I have a backpack as well, and even the backpack will hang on the doorknob of the garage to make sure that I see (laughs) the backpack with all of the things in it before I leave. Right. So, (laughs) yeah, once once my backpack became routine, I I don't forget it, but I will totally forget to bring my lunch to work because I usually just take my lunch just I don't know yeah because I do I I typically when I when I prepare dinner make enough so that I have leftovers and then if I don't I just eat PB and J at work which I'm, <laughs> I'm totally fine with um, I'm, I'm very much the same that's that doesn't phase me one bit so I, I go through peanut butter like it's going out of style but I don't know if this is ADHD or not I don't like the giant jars of peanut butter which I realize would be more economical because I hate that they're actually bigger than the knife to get it in there. And I hate my hands getting all peanut buttery when I'm trying to get the peanut butter at the bottom. So I always buy like the smallest size of peanut butter, which lasts, you know, if I'm eating it every day, maybe a week and a half. So I'm continually, I got to go buy more peanut butter, (laughs) but I can't buy the bigger one because I don't want to get peanut butter on my hand when I'm making my sandwich. Well, it could be, I mean, definitely could be related. There's the overstimulation <laughs> aspect, right? Like anything extra sensory wise tends to <laughs> overstimulate those of us with ADHD. Mine's audio, full-blown audio. I, oh my gosh, if you have something that you have to complete, even just doing the dishes and you've got somebody talking to you, you've got a child crying, you've got the dog barking, you've got the TV on, like I I will want to crawl into a ball and just rock back and forth and cry. It's just too much. My brain can't handle it. So I don't know. Some people have that with like things that touch them with physical things. Mm. So it could be, very much could be. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not a, a touchy feely kind of. Me either. Kind of guy. <laughs> Not at all. I'm fine. I'm perfectly happy just being me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, You know, but. But yeah, (laughs) thinking back to college, though, yeah, things did get a lot better in college. And I also think there's something to, I don't know, professors there just don't. Okay, when I say they don't care, I want to be very careful with that because I think that they treat you like an adult. Right. And expect you to show up like you're paying for this. Be so you show up. And if you don't, that's on you. And I kind of felt like that freedom to do class how I really wanted to and how I do better 
you know, maybe not showing up on every single day or taking notes with a recorder that versus writing everything down, like just having the ability to kind of tweak things to my liking, I think really helped too. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've spoken to several people, not just for this particular series that have ADHD that have felt that, you know, going to college was easier than public school. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so how has it affected you in your work life? I know you said that you're currently working from home. Yeah. Which which is interesting. I want to see how this works for you and then we'll see how it has tied in with my previous guest. (laughs) So um, first of all, I'm just going to be straight with you and say it just depends on the day. It's, it's very much that way. I love the fact that, yeah, working from home, allows me to have liberty with my environment, get up and change my environment on a will or on a whim if I need to take breaks when I need to kind of dictate my day, dictate my schedule. But there's also an aspect to that that can be a little bit dangerous because if you don't have kind of your own personal structure, even, you know, if it's slight or scant, you can easily fall into like what I call like the rabbit hole effect where if I'm in like the kitchen, for instance, right now I'm in my office, but if I'm in the kitchen and I see something or hear something that gets me off track and I'm just not doing well managing my ADHD that day and say the dishwasher clicks on and I'll be like, oh, I don't know very much about dishwashers. And then I'll get my phone out and then just rabbit hole it, you know, like through the history of dishwashers for whatever reason, why you would want to know that I don't know. But it's the same thing with, you know, working from outside. I love doing that some days when it's nice weather, but I hardly ever find those days successful productivity wise. There's too much of a distraction to see and want to waste your time, essentially looking at something that's not productive. But those of us with ADHD also don't think of that as wasting time. It's just either it doesn't register as such, or to me, like, oh, wow, that bird's really interesting. What kind of bird is that? Where is it from? Is it here on migration? Like, you know, all of the different questions that just trigger you to know so much. Yeah, and I it, think it's kind of cool that we hyper-focus on stuff like that. <laughs> you know, not the, many people know about birds of a specific species in your backyard. So the, This is precisely why I know that the toaster was invented by a Scottish fella. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Just random <laughs> things that just distract you, get you off course. And then you're like, oh, I don't know very much about that. I need to know that right now in this very moment. And so you do. It's so interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's that that's why I think we all ADHD are good at trivia. It seems it's because yes. <laughs> we go down rabbit holes. And so we get hyper focused on something for six months. Yeah. And we become like quasi experts in, you know, whatever the dumb thing is. You can teach the class, but you don't have the doctorate degree. Yeah. Right. And that's why, you know, I would have been good on what is, who wants to be a millionaire? (laughs) Because I know so much about so many stupid, unrelated things. Things that will never come, become beneficial or be asked about. I mean, I... My husband, you know, we went to Scotland for the first time several years ago. And I remember going to Stirling Castle and you can do kind of a self-guided tour. And in one of the rooms, it was, um, I don't remember exactly what the context was, but the tour guide was dressed in kind of period attire 
and he was asking the crowd for questions. And I could tell that he was basically begging someone to ask a question because this job cannot be that fun if nobody's engaging with you. Right, right. So I asked a question and I already knew the answer to it. And then I stood there for half an hour before my husband was like, look, no, Vanessa, let's go. We need to go. Now you're getting obnoxious to this guy. And that's like his job, you know? And that's exactly right. the type of stuff. I could not tell you somebody's name. I couldn't tell you what I ate for lunch yesterday, but I can tell you absolutely everything about Scottish history from 12th century forward. And it's ridiculous that you can just focus so much and memorize things like that. But the math problems, algebra, for instance, nope. Yeah, yeah, algebra. I got nothing, but yeah. yeah. Algebra's my nemesis. Took me me two and a half times to pass algebra one in high school. I passed it with, I think it was a C minus, like I barely passed it. And um, I had to take it again in college and I did better with it in college than I did um, high school. But I don't know, it's math with numbers or not math with numbers, that's all math. Math with letters and the letters are, they don't mean anything. Right, right. And it's just like, no, nope, too much. That's too much for me. And my mom set me up with a tutor at uh, the local junior college because they would offer tutoring for junior high and high school kids for free, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. cool. You know, it was math majors typically. And I went through like three of them over the course of the year because I think they got tired of every week coming in and having to start over at <laughs> point one. <laughs> like you're a blank slate every week. Yeah, I feel you. They're like, <laughs> We've gone through this. And I'm like, yeah, we could go can't expect me to remember this that long this is stupid oh my gosh i cannot even tell you that and oh what is it um like romantic relationships i have driven so many men insane (laughs) because it's like we have a conversation and i either halfway through i'm just gone like you can seriously see the glaze and it's just gone or it's like vanessa this is this is the third time I've, i've mentioned this to you and i'll be like when did you yeah. I don't recall. Sure? <laughs> it's just blank slate I know sometimes sometimes it's difficult to recall anything so I mean props to people that can stand to be in the same room with us if they don't have ADHD <laughs> so yeah my wife frequently I'll like tell her something and I'll be like I told you this already and she's like no and I'm like no I did and she's like are you sure that you just thought about telling me this and then you didn't you actually doing it and you're just and- yeah <laughs> you're just remembering thinking about telling me and i'm like i'm i'm pretty sure that words came out of my mouth mm-hmm. but i'll yeah. never admit that i didn't tell her so oh god you can't you can't yeah. so but yeah i told her every messages, time text messages and cl- like shared calendars are pretty much <laughs> the only thing that i can say or help me out with that so and she'll be like, well, we're, oh, something will happen. I'm like, what time are we supposed to be there? And she's like, I have told you seven times we're supposed to be there at three. And I'm like, no, so no, I don't think you have. I just heard like late afternoon. That could be anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, you just said we were, had to be over at so-and-so's. You didn't tell me a time frame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah my so, poor wife, though, she's, as if people listening to this now that you're on the fourth one, she's the only neurotypical in the house mm-hmm. my eldest has adhd uh, my son the middle has asperger's my youngest has adhd with a touch of ocd thrown in just 
to make mm-hmm. things fun and exciting. And then, you know, I have ADHD. Although if you are listening to this and you have a child that has OCD and their particular OCD is like color related and things being like going together, she she was the world's best laundry sorter at age two. That kid, I'm telling you, she'd have everything oh, separated yeah. <laughs> out by colors. And no no one alive can organize a pantry like that kid could. And it was about junior high where I would like go in and she'd be in like the room and I would just loudly say something like, oh my God, this pantry is so unorganized. <laughs> and then I would leave and an hour later I'd come in and everything oh, in the goodness. pantry would be on the floor and she's fixing it. And I would be like, <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, yeah. you got to take advantage of their strengths, right? Yeah. And I mean, obviously <laughs> she's doing it because she's caring about you and she appreciates the recognition of being so good at it. So both are great character builders. I mean, that's to me, that's good parenting. So, <laughs> Right. The the pantry got cleaned and I didn't have to do it. So, yeah. so my daughter is, uh, she just turned five and she's about to start kindergarten. And I think we briefly talked about this actually because I have I have strong suspicions that she also has ADHD, but because she's just now getting to the point where she's about to go into the public school setting, they don't typically test for this kind of this early unless you really push for it. Right, right. And um, I, I when I say I have my suspicions, like she just she mimics almost exactly what I did when I was her age very much a um she appears to be so one track minded and then halfway through the one track she's just off doing something else mm-hmm, like right. I mean and it could be something within a three minute span I could say hey can you pick up your shoes or your dirty clothes or something like that and go put them up in the proper place and then I will leave the room come back maybe two seconds later and she's just standing there like what was I supposed to do mm-hmm. and then, right. now she's getting to the point where she tells me that oh mom I just forgot I forgot what you told me to do and so I'm catching on to some of this stuff and also kind of um things that I used to think were a little bit defiant kind of talking about you know maybe a, a discipline issue like when you ask a question they don't respond mm-hmm Right. That has something that I've been noticing a lot of too. If the TV is on or the dog's in the room, it's like she she hears me, but, but she doesn't respond. You know, so I know yeah. that it's just like it's not firing off, like we've got too much going on. But if I'm the only object to pay attention to, not an issue. So- right, right. Well, ADHD they're discovering is typically inherited and genetic and mm-hmm. Uh, my dad passed away in 2003, so I can't talk to him about this type of stuff. But looking back at certain aspects, I'm convinced that my dad probably had ADHD. Uh, mm-hmm. People with ADHD tend to suffer with depression. Yes. And um, my dad was knew so much about just odd, random crap. If he was reading, mm-hmm. he would, you had to sort of work to get him to kind of come out, you know, to talk to you about whatever he knew all sorts of ridiculous amounts of stats about baseball and just stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and looking Seriously. back at it. Items. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, he, he had ADHD. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, you know, it was bad when I was a kid, it would have been horrible for 
him when he was, you know, a kid. And then um, factor in that uh, his parents were products of the depression, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so they were a little harder than, you know, like we would treat our kids with, with ADHD. Yeah, seriously. No, there's definitely, I've thought about that as well, because I mean, I know, I know my dad has it. I know. I've always known even before about ADHD, I've always known that my dad was a little off. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. He would get, he flourished very well when he started his own construction company. Very much so. Hands-on activity. My dad, like idle hands sort of thing. Right. My dad has to have his hands moving and have something going on. Now, the problem with that is he could also do any kind of project around the house, fix anything, build anything, create anything. But he would get these harebrained ideas like, oh, I'm going to build a pool today. And then it would get halfway to maybe completion and then it sits there un- like completely untouched for six months because he got another idea that he wants to do instead. Right, and right. It's just very much like that. And very easily distraction or distracted, very easily angered too. Um, right. because, That's also an ADHD yes, trait. Yep. It's very much so. I have to recognize that in my own life and sometimes tell myself just to like take a breather because you're not really angry. You're just overstimulated. You, you know, that kind of thing. And, but yeah, my dad is very much like that. And it drives, it drives my mom nuts, drives her crazy. And uh, it wasn't until probably I was out of the house, moved out. And my mom actually started learning more about ADHD after I was getting my medication on track and seeing a lot of significant improvement that my mom was like, man, your dad has it. I know, I know your dad has ADHD. And I was like, yes, he does. Yes. And I cannot imagine at this stage in my life yeah, going through what he's been through without the support, the knowledge, like relying on yourself basically to get you from point A to point B and having your parents basically tell you that you're just this rebellious, terrible child, you know, <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> they don't know anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I feel, I, I don't know if it's guilty but I do feel sort of bad or whatever. So my youngest when Emily growing up, every she's just like you, my mom, Emily acts just how you were when you were little and she were very similar. And I'm just like, how the hell did I not recognize until after she was out of high school that she has ADHD. It's like, we're the same person that should have been like, you know, big light bulb on top of my head. Because you're so similar that you never had a reason to even think like you why would you ever consider if she was different because she's so much like you you know what I mean like thought crossed your mind so I mean that's the way my dad and I are we're so much the same that it's like I wouldn't have even thought anything about it even with Evie if I had not thought I have ADHD I struggled with it right but you also have to understand that you were there to support your child because you knew about your ADHD. And so she probably did significantly better than you did when you were younger. So there's not as many like red flags or triggers either. Right, right. But But it's it's interesting the way our minds work because when I meet somebody with ADHD, to me, that's normal. I don't question it. I'm like, oh, you, yeah, all right. We get you, we welcome, you know? We, we used to have a joke in our family that we should have had a, a reality TV show. And Emily and I wanted to call it Two Cool People in a Grouch because 
Heather would start to say something, which would then lead Emily and I on ADHD side quest tangents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they wouldn't last for like five minutes, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. And that entire time, Heather's just sitting there trying to get her point across. And Emily and I have gone through 95 different topics, just laughing the whole time completely enjoying ourselves, and heather's just over there getting frustrated and the idea behind the show is that would be recorded because obviously emily and i were the cool people and then the (laughs) show would end every episode with heather going i'm not really this grumpy it's just them. i just live with them (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's so true though i mean even i can even recall a conversation earlier today with a friend of mine he sent me a text message with a genuine question, something that he encountered that he knew that I kind of had a little bit of affinity for, a little bit of a passion for. And it was an audio message. So I listened to it. And as I'm listening to this, like my brain is starting to like instantly just get stimulated electric, right? I'm like, yeah, this is totally my jam. Then the ADHD is kicking in. And when I respond back via audio, I'm going so fast, not even just speech, but just, (laughs) I mean, everything running the gamut and then it goes back full circle and then at the end of it I'm like in full circle so here we are again that's a full explanation and he comes back and he's like I'm never asking you anything about this again because you almost gave me a stroke how your brain works (laughs) this is every day for me it's like a freaking NASCAR racetrack when everybody else is in a like a horse and buggy situation and I'm like why is this so weird to you why can't you keep up you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I've actually I I watch a lot of people on YouTube I have no idea why, but I like watching people that are building their own homes. I have no desire to do it. That's just more work than I care to put in. But I'll watch other people do it all day. Yeah, me too. So there are several people that I watch and I'm like, yeah, they do they know they have ADHD? Because they clearly, clearly, clearly ADHD. Do they know that? Are they aware? Should I go on their social medias and ask? You have ADHD because I'm fairly certain you do. (laughs) But, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess, I guess when you have something, you're good at recognizing someone else has it, I guess. Yeah. And for me, it was always, I think it was harder for me accepting the depression and the anxiety aspect of things for me than it was ever with the ADHD. To me, the ADHD was just like, finally, something makes sense you know to explain what I do and why it's different you know from other people and that may be other people that don't have ADHD or people that do have it just in different ways that it manifests you know right but with the depression anxiety aspect of my life that was very hard for me to kind of wrap my head around I guess and sometimes it still is because I mean anxiety and ADHD are actually really common especially women right and mine fuel one another all the time absolutely oh Oh, yeah and the whole depression thing i can understand why the the neurotypical thinks that people with adhd try to throw all of this crap in as an excuse and it's like no you don't understand my brain is wired differently yes it's that simple it's just i don't think like you like from the beginning do not think like you Uh, First of all, I may not even think about it at all because of how my brain's wired. But if I do think about it, it's going to be a completely different process. 
And um, yeah. I mean, that's that's hard to explain to people. And a lot of people see it as being inconsiderate too, right? You know, when you're trying to have a conversation with them and you're genuinely just thinking about what they said and trying to understand it in your own way, and then you get stuck in your own ADHD and don't listen to the last half of the explanation. Or the middle half. To, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you missed half of the, like seriously, a chunk of the picture, right? And then you have to basically explain, no, that was not me being inconsiderate or cold or insensitive or not caring about what you're saying. It was, I just do this in my head. This is how I process information. So yeah, I think, I think that's so challenging with any relationship, whether it's romantic, platonic, you know, family, not it's with a neurotypical and a neurospicy, as you were right, saying, right. it's, so challenging yeah yeah the the one question well not the one one of the things though that i have asked everybody is is this so my wife and i we carpool and mm -hmm. say we're say we're driving home on a friday night 508 i'm trying to tell her a b and c right okay. i might get a b and a and b out mm -hmm. but during the course of b we start talking and mm -hmm. then the subject changes <laughs> And we never get to C. Okay. But then I forget about C until, say, Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. She'll be, like, in the living room watching something. I'll I'll be in, you know, the office doing something. I'm like, oh, yeah, we never finished that. So I'll just get up, walk into the living room, walk into her, and just start talking as if 48 hours isn't just gone by between the, you know, <laughs> point B and point C. And right. I'm like... She's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, we were just talking about this. She's like, when? <laughs> On the drive home. She's like, Friday? Yes. <laughs> Is that something you do where you, you know? <laughs> I was laughing before you even finished it because I already knew. Yes, it's absolutely something that I can. I return to a topic just like no time has passed. And then I also want to talk about it right then with no prior explanation either, because to me, this is like, oh, I remembered. Okay. So now <laughs> we're right back where we were. So let me go and ask this question. Let's finish the conversation. And to them, it's like, no, I have slept. I have eaten. I have moved on. Like why, you know, it's, and it's not like that. And it's so interesting because I just don't, it's like no time passes at all. Yeah. At so, all. so counting, uh, well, all four people I've, talked about this we all do that and then mm -hmm. i do it so i kind of figured uh, i figured yeah because i i definitely relate definitely relate to that or i mean it's it could be a week two weeks even you know that i think about something and i'm like oh, oh 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 yeah we you know we need to go back and have that conversation because i really want to make sure that he understands this is going to happen like tomorrow when he should have yeah. known last week and that's yeah, yeah. a good conversation too because they're like you could have told me that a week ago and now I'm going to have to cancel plans to make sure that I can get to something that you reminded me of six hours prior. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cody going to be the one right before yours. We were joking that, you know, we may not see each other for like six months and then we'll be at a Scottish event. And then him and I will start talking about the podcast as if no time has elapsed. <laughs> and both of our wives are going to be like, what? Oh, yeah. But you know, yeah. okay. Now, here's course. the other one. The other thing that I ask, or I have been asking, this is a perfect example because this happens to me every year. Say you're at a Christmas party, 
Say there uh-huh. are roughly 30 people there and you and Steve are in the kitchen talking. You know, okay. of course, all houses now are open concept. So way on the other side of the room in the living room, someone else is having a conversation. And, you know, there's 15 different conversations going on. Mm-hmm. Steve is 18 inches in front of you. Do you hear what Steve is saying? No. no. Do you hear the conversation on the other side yeah. as if it's right in front of you? Never mind that there's 12 conversations taking place in between. That's the one you're hearing. That's exactly right. And I mean, Steve could be literally blocking my entire line of vision from the conversation going on behind him. But I'm yeah. still hearing it like I'm right there in that conversation. Or what gets real weird is when that happens to you two or threefold and you're hearing all of the conversations at one time. And even though it's not necessarily, to me, it's not gibberish. It doesn't work that way in my brain, but it's almost like I'm listening to every other or third word of the conversation and just rotating between the conversations as they're going. And it's just, it's almost impossible for me to have a one-on-one unless it is literally in a confined space a one-on-one, almost a controlled environment for me to have a strict face-to-face conversation that sticks. So, right, right. The, the only time at the, the family Christmas Eve parties that I, I don't have that issue is when I'm talking with Camden. And Camden is Heather's cousin's son. And when he was about seven years old, we, we discovered that we both love Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so so we just talk about Star Wars the whole time. And then you're there. You're saying so him and I will we'll sit there and talk and everyone finds it funny that, you know, there's this what 35 year difference between the two of us. And when there's a get together, we just hang out with He's each other person. and ignore everybody else. <laughs> and, Hey, when you find a person and you click, age is just a number. That is, it's just that way. I just, man, I'm the same way. That's why I think a lot of kids, especially, I, yeah. I, I don't consider myself a kid person, even though I have one, but kids like me. And I think right. it's because I'm a little childish in those ways. I like some of the same yeah. things that they do. You know? Yeah. Uh, Camden was actually a guest on the show. I did a special with him That's history cool. with Camden and he talked about, in the 1700s, there was a place in Europe where these people went nuts dancing and they danced literally until they died. Oh, my God. And then he talked about the great emu war in Australia, which Australia lost. The emus won that war, if nobody has uh, paid attention. But that's in- I'm actually going to write this down because <laughs> I'll forget this title, the emu war. And uh, <laughs> I want to know exactly what this is. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, is because of... Instagram and social media, Camden and I like message back and forth and <laughs> literally no one else in the family knew that him and I hardly would go like more than maybe two or three days without talking to each other, That's you know, awesome. via messaging on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's so, uh, Camden really likes the podcast and he wanted to be on it, but he wasn't 18 yet. And I didn't want to have him on Right. Yeah. Because he was not yeah. unless I talked to his parents first. So so I text his mom and she was like, Well, and I'm like, Well, we talk all the time. She's like, What? <laughs> <laughs> <You do? laughs> but you know, 
what are you gonna do we like each other <laughs> we're hey, we're friends like, some people some people you just click with and they're people so yeah yeah but he that's really though the only exception a room full of crowded people where i can stay focused if it's something that i'm particularly mm -hmm. interested in it's like my brain will be like oh hey that's cool let's focus on that yeah like whatever's going on around me is not going to be as cool as this guaranteed so like we can stay here now like yeah and it exactly has what yeah happens i have to be like 75 percent interest in it you know interested in it mm -hmm. and i don't intentionally not want to listen to what the person is saying it's so hard especially indoors yes outdoors it's easier because i guess sound dissipates better i don't know if it sounds like you kind of have that same that yeah, same issue. Yeah, I definitely think so. A crowded room to me is just my worst nightmare. And other than detention, as we talked about earlier, uh, a crowded room. But it's simply because I'm not, I'm just not going to get anything out of a conversation. I already know I won't. Right. Like it's not going to happen or I will offend somebody or have to. My worst thing, which I actually have gotten to a point where I'm comfortable with now, is stopping a person mid-conversation with like my finger up and being like, hey, you know, I'm so sorry, but I just ADHD'd on you. Can we can we back up for a second? Because I did not hear that last 30 seconds. I am so sorry. That was not that's my fault, not yours. Yeah. But having to do that for me, it's not embarrassing for me. I feel like it hurts people's feelings, like to be told that you're not listening to them and in a right. crowded room. That's going to happen. But if yeah. we're outside, it's less likely to happen for me. So, yeah, I think it's there's something to that, like a Christmas party indoors versus like a kid's birthday party outside. Why I can pay attention more outside with kids running around and screaming than I could at an adult Christmas party in like a hotel conference room or something. Never, never going to figure that one out. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm there. Plus, it's exhausting. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm trying to, once again, non ADHDers, you don't understand the amount of focus it takes mm -hmm. to continually focus for like three Constantly. hours in a stretch <laughs> when your brain is like anti wanting to focus on everything that's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like my brain is constantly having to go redirect, 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 you know, and it's, it it eventually just overheats kind of and you just need a second to just chill and relax and not have to think about something or do some sort of physical activity that doesn't require actual thought you can just kind of autopilot and that's usually for me what I tend to go to when I get frustrated like doing the dishes for instance being an example I brought that up twice because that's normally my thing I don't think when I do it it just gives me something to do but right. Yeah, it's exhausting. Socializing is exhausting. And as somebody that enjoys it, and I like people, the socializing itself, the talking, the communication, the focusing itself, I maybe go out once a month for any kind of like social outing, because usually it takes me like a long time to recover from it, because it is so overwhelming. You have to focus and pay attention to so much. Yeah, I, I just got where I just like being at home. All of my favorite things are at home. Yeah, COVID, honestly, this sounds really bad when I say it, but COVID really wasn't too rough on me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. I'm there with you. Everybody was like, you know, I said I'm not a, a touchy feeling. I don't like hugging. I don't either. My yeah. wife's family, they're all huggers. Mm -hmm. And the big joke was that when COVID happened, that the world had finally come to me. 
today, this is my time. Like, like, <laughs> yes. People would be like, oh, hey, do you want to come over? And they're like, no, no. I really, I, I really can't. <laughs> We're sort of in this pandemic. I don't know if you've heard. Mm -hmm. And um, now I'm just, I'm just going to stay home. The same with me or ordering delivery for everything. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. yeah. And wearing a mask instead of having people like awkwardly smile at you. And then you feel obligated to smile back. And then like, it might strike up a conversation you don't want to have. And great. Love to the masks. Yeah. And they can't tell and... when someone does something <laughs> and you're just like mouthing yourself. What a fucking idiot. I know. I know. Yeah. And I do have that face too, but it's, <laughs> It's not the RBF that everybody references, right? Mine just looks very concerned all the time. But it's because I'm going 90 to nothing in my head, even in the grocery store. I'm just like so concerned visibly. And it's, yeah, <laughs> the mask was great. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I've, I've probably said this on this podcast before. I know my friends have all heard me say this. They're probably tired of it. But never, ever, ever tell me to go big or go home because oh I'm yeah home. yeah that is i will, not, I will no. stop doing what i'm doing and i am no. going home people are like what are you doing i'm like you said go big or go home I'm, that I'm going is home. The story <laughs> of my life if i could ever get one thing across in this episode it is that i am the walking version of go big or go home i either don't do it or i just go just nuts with it and just it's a spectacle truly but i go nuts with it at home <laughs> when I'm rabbit holing and hyper-focused on something. <laughs> so I, I don't want to go big elsewhere. I want to go big at home. <laughs> at home, I know. But, but it's so true. I am very much like that too. Um, oh, it's always entertaining. That's for sure. Even if you're not intentionally being entertaining, you're entertaining to people that don't understand your little bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was saying earlier, you know, when my mother-in-law and my oldest daughter was here, I was just sort of explaining like my world with ADHD of my poor mother-in-law. Um, she just has like no clue. So, well, let me, let me ask you this. So say you're watching, cause you know, like discovery ID and all of those shows oh my They'll God, have yeah. seven to 10, three different shows. And then at 10 o'clock, they start over with the seven show, right? The uh -huh. 7 PM show. And they, they yeah. run them. Well, sometimes on like discovery ID, the nine to 10 p.m. show at 10 p.m. they start re-airing it so this is what had happened it was the same shows so we're all sitting in the living room and it's just on in the background well because i can't really fully focus the entire conversation that's going on plus mm -hmm. i was the the only fella in a room full of ladies mm -hmm. sometimes the conversation went to things that really didn't interest me yeah and so <laughs> i would pay attention to the other so we start talking about if you're watching tv not counting commercials getting louder, but in the show, and it's like people talking, does the volume of the people talking go up, even though you know it's not really, it's just your brain making things go up and down? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely will. Yeah. And yeah. for me, a lot of times it's even, for whatever reason, I know exactly what you mean, but for me, it's music. Like if there's, um, like with the audio, somebody's speaking and there's music in the background, even if I'm focused on watching TV, it's almost mm. like the music gets louder and louder and louder and louder. Right. And it's it's definitely the same thing. It's just what you choose to focus on, you know, at that specific time. But yeah, it's it's almost and like when I say concerning, it's like, is this really happening? Is it getting louder? Or is it just <laughs> am I just really focused on it? But yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I told my mother, I'm like, I'm like, for an example, this lady talking, it was on an hour ago. I remember it. She's much louder now than she was the first time. And the volume hasn't even changed. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, really? And then Misty, my oldest, she's like, yeah, this happens. All the-. So my this poor mother-in-law is like, I don't think, not that she was like rude or anything. I just, it's not on her radar of what it's like having ADHD. And I, I think that she's like, oh my God, there's something seeming wrong with this dude. Yeah, well, that's, that's what it sounds years. like. And when you try to explain <laughs> it, like, it sounds like you you seriously, like, you need to be committed, right? Like, are you okay? Like, it's just, just, but that's the way it goes. It's just, and it's so normal at this point for us that, I mean, I've even learned ways around it. Because for instance, when I'm watching a movie, if I'm trying to focus on the words and there's music going, I've learned to switch it over to speech mode to counteract the ADHD. Or if I'm in a conversation with somebody and I know I need to be paying attention. I will straight up either mute the TV or turn it off altogether because I know I'm going to the TV. Like it's just going to happen. Yeah. But yeah. Explaining that to somebody, like it's kind of when when you first start talking with them and the TV's on, it's going, TV's back there whispering like this, right? And yeah, just mild. And then over time, it just gets louder and louder and louder and louder and louder. And then it's just all you can focus on. And the person in front of you is no longer, it's not there. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it, we sound insane, but yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just the way our mm-hmm. our old brains are wired. And I have a theory. I have no idea if it's true. It's probably completely off base. You know, I'm not a a neuro professional. You know, I'm just a guy that knows a lot of shit that shouldn't he shouldn't know. But I have a theory that, can you know, most people you're either, how they always say you're right-brained or left-brained, right? You know, dominant. Right. Okay. I take those stupid tests and I understand they're not real sort of tests. I never get the same result. I don't either. I know that's in personality tests. Same thing. I've taken them for work <laughs> all the time. And it's like the, uh, oh, I don't even know what they are. Um, INTJ, INTP, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Depends on the day. It depends on how I'm feeling that day. And that's exactly how I feel like my brain works too. It depends on the day. I I have a theory that maybe people with ADHD, the like split between the right brain and the left brain is less. And I wonder if maybe the two hemispheres of our brain are actually more interconnected. Than we even know they are. Than we even know they are. And that's why... People with ADHD can be so, so creative, you know, poetry, art, all of that stuff. But at the same time, just be completely analytical on other stuff when typically people aren't good at both. Yeah. Or what was it? Um, Oh, my gosh. I do therapy for just like talk therapy and stuff because it does actually help quite a bit, especially with with anxiety. But uh, my therapist has told me so many times, she's like, you can be the most sensitive emotional pouring your heart out you know and then creative individual like I love to paint I love to write poetry I love to sing play music very artistic and sensitive but like I can also be such a realist and an analytical like if that's not logical does not compute analytical person it depends on the day and it's it's so (laughs) interesting how it does that and it's almost like we overuse one side so much 
the other side has to take over maybe i don't know yeah <laughs> i don't know and like i say I, <laughs> it's just sort of a thought that i've had because i know so many people with adhd that that is the same thing you can't ever just take the thing and be one or the other you, no. you, you might get three in a row of one yeah. and then two of the other and then and yeah. so many of us are like that and i don't know some college professor want to take this on as a study we can't um, do it we have adhd because yeah, we lose, we it, lose interest in about two it. months <laughs> about two months we'll be like yeah this is boring <laughs> pick it back up in 10 years and now we have to start over because the, this research is so outdated <laughs> yeah we, we need a neurotypical person to do this research we'll participate absolutely <laughs> willingly yes. we'll, we'll be part of the study but we can't run the study no can't it'll run never get done no <laughs> i i literally uh, the first year my wife and i were married so it would have been uh, christmas of 1994 well my sister-in-law brother-in-law they got me a millennium falcon model oh yeah i immediately started doing it then i got frustrated with something and i put it in the box I finished that model 11 years later. Yeah, yeah, that's, the, I mean, that's pretty type A for us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> my wife would be like, she'd see it, she'd like, you ever going to finish that that model? And my response was always, I'm just waiting for the glue to dry. <laughs> it's a real slow curing glue. I'm looking in my office right now and I've got four different canvases sitting up here because I love to paint. I've always loved to paint. Mm -hmm. And they're all in different stages of completion and i started all of them like during the covid pandemic when we couldn't right. get out of the house and uh one of them's close i might get that done this year but the other ones are probably just going to continue sitting there and it's so funny that you said that you're waiting for the glue to dry because i'm still waiting for the uh, oil paint the, to dry. the paint to dry um, yeah. well you know it's just a real <laughs> slow slow drying paint I, yeah, it just, it really is. And there's a lot of thought that has to go into it before I put the brush there, because once you put the brush there, it's permanent. So it's like, yeah, all these excuses that I come up with for the reasons that I don't ever finish a painting. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be working on a project for my kiddos, where I'm going to make a cookbook of family recipes, stuff that they like growing up, and we've got you know, but then stuff that like family, <laughs> extended family is made. Mm -hmm. I started during the pandemic. Would you like to know how far I've gotten? Have you gotten two recipes in it yet? No, I just have the cover page. Just the cover page. I was going to say, I was stretching it, giving you two, thinking maybe you got something in it. It, it just seems so overwhelming it's, to like have to go in and do ideas. it. Yes, you get these great ideas. And they're always great, right? They're always usually like sentimental and unique and super cool ideas but starting it for me is hard enough let alone getting everything together that you need to finish it yeah. so yeah I'm, i mean i'm the same i'm with you i, um, I want to do it for him you know but it just seems i can't just go in and so i know that theoretically the best way to do it would just be to go in put all the recipes in and then when I'm done, sort them into their category, right? Right. But I, yeah. I can't do it that way. I have to go in and be like, okay, this is all the cookie stuff. This is all the cake stuff. This will be all the savory yeah. stuff. This would yep. be all the, the this stuff. I know that that's not the way to do it. 
But my brain won't allow me to do you, it. You can't. You have no control. Any other over. way. Yeah, you have no control over, it. and that's that's something that talking to anybody that doesn't know what it feels like is it's impossible to convey that. It seriously, I can't get around it. It's yeah. something that I might be able to slowly desensitize to with one project, but it's not going like it's it's just you can't get rid of that. It's a roadblock that you just can't get over, under, or around. Yeah, and I know that all I gotta do is just like every day get home from work, go and put yeah. one recipe in. Yeah. I don't have to do the whole thing in a week. I can just do one recipe a day. Because it's not like it's, you know. 500 things it's literally probably like 50 yeah i i hear you i mean that but, was and, i wish it were different sometimes but at the same time though i don't know it's it's fun too our lives i think are a lot more fast-paced and fun and i like the way i think in a lot of ways so yeah no i'm I can't imagine how dull I would be if I didn't I have don't ADHD. know yeah I don't think I would enjoy it if I didn't think the way that I did yeah so but believe it or not we have been going at this now for an hour and 15 minutes oh my god really wow well yeah um go off on too many unrelated topic of conversations but I, I think we stayed pretty focused and when we went off it was still actually related to yeah the yeah the conversation so, yeah um, I am going to ask if you have like any final thoughts, any words of wisdom, any hacks, you know, anything you'd like to uh, to throw out before we end. So um, the floor I is mean, yours. My only, my only thing that I would love to say is if anybody figures this out, definitely hit your sister up over here because I'm, I'm still constantly trying to figure it out. But I think the biggest thing is just we're all weird. Everybody's weird in our own way, whether you're neurotypical, neurodivergent, whatever. And uh, we're all here for the journey. Live it, do your best at it. And I think everybody's going to be all right. And that's what I kind of have to roll with, even with my ADHD. Like, girl, you're crazy. Everybody knows it, but that's part of who you are and you're fun. And all right, let's, let's see what happens. So, but definitely for me being a female, don't let somebody tell you you're a bad kid. Don't let them tell you you're too talkative or anything like that. Those are, I don't know, deficit, attention deficit is not being bad or defiant. And that was something that haunted me for a long time. So right. looking at my kid, I try really, really hard to think maybe there's a reason for this and it's not just her ignoring me as a parent. So remembering my childhood helps me with that, I think. That's, that's pretty good advice actually Remember, your kids <laughs> probably have a lot of your attitudes yeah yeah that, just be mindful of it you know the, so. the things about your kids that irritate you the most are probably are the things that are most like the you things you gave them yes <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah no this is this is fun i love i love having conversations like this and it's always kind of therapeutic and cathartic when you talk to somebody else that just gets it so i appreciate the chance to do it and uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun so cool well i appreciate you coming on and guess i'm going to go ahead and sign off as i always do if you know me you know that this is a standard that i am probably incapable of living up to but I might as well try. So remember, everybody, try to live your life in a way that would make Bob Ross proud.
Thank you for listening to Musings of an ADD Mind. If you enjoyed this podcast, or even if you didn't, please hit the subscribe or follow button. 